Welcome to Love Essie, the podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome back. I have another episode and I'm realizing, okay, this is episode 89. <laughs> this is another Lorraine Heath. So see, okay, let me explain what happened. Okay, everyone, let me explain. I, at some point, had put Sweet Lullaby by Lorraine Heath on hold. I don't remember when or why. And you're probably going, what do you mean? So here's what happened. Back at some point, at I think right at the beginning of the pan- pandemic, the pan- you know, panacea, the panagia, whatever. Um, I want to say either late March 2020 or April 2020, right? I was on the interwebs and people were talking about, you know, obviously using Libby. And at the time I was like, well, I don't know because I think I downloaded the Libby app. And I was like, at first... I didn't think I could use a New York Public Library card on the Libby app because they have their own app. But then I guess they were like, okay, not everyone's going to download Simply E, so you can also use it on there. Anyway, someone, probably a librarian, was like, there are, you know, like, check out what libraries will offer you a digital library card that would only be for ebooks. I was like, bet. I checked out both Brooklyn Public Library and Queens Public Library because for those of you who aren't from New York City, um, the New York Public Library is the library for the boroughs of Manhattan, the Bronx, and Staten Island. Queens and Brooklyn have their own library systems. So I got digital library cards for Queens and Brooklyn. Fast forward to whenever the fuck uh, time. Fast forward to... Wow, my brain is like, fast forward to, and then it goes like, blank. So what happened was, April of this year, 2021, I moved to Queens, right? So I'm no longer in the Bronx, I'm now living in Queens. And I want to say, it's not that long ago, it was probably like mid-September or late September, I actually went into a physical library, um, because there's one not that far from me, and I was like, can I get, like, a real library card? And they were like, of course. But because I got a real library card, right, I updated it, and that's a new library card number. So I do remember Libby being like, you had this book on hold, which I could not remember when I put it on hold. And they're like, but since your library card just changed, like, you got to put it on hold again with this new library card. And I was like, oh, goddamn. Okay, fine. So anyway, all of that to say, at some point in the past, I'm not sure when, Someone must have spoken about this book or something about it must have sparked my interest and I put it on hold. I have no idea why I put it on hold. I just did, right? I was like, yeah, sure, a book. Put on hold. And it was on hold for a very long time because I think Queen's Public Library only has like one or one copy. Then I switched library cards. So I think my hold was actually like, oh, it's available. But then they were like, girl, your library card don't match no more. And so then they were like, nah, I got to go on hold again. So it finally comes to be available, like, not that long ago. And this, of course, is after I've read both Scoundrel of My Heart and The Duchess Hunt. So because of all of that, because of this very convoluted journey, uh, y'all are getting three episodes in a row about books from the same author. Now, you're probably going, hmm, 
I wonder why this is happening because I just explained why this is happening. What I think is going to be very interesting and I plan to really go in depth in it um, more so in the I kind of am like the spoiler part, but also this book, Sweet Lullaby, originally was published in 1994, 1994. Um, what that means is this book is, you know, 20-something years old. This book is approaching 30, no? Yes. <gasps> yes. It's 1994. To 2004 is 10 years, 2004 to 2014 is 20 years, and 2014 to 2024 is 30 years, and 2024 is so much closer than we had ever thought. I still think back on Y2K, right? When we all thought that, like, because of the whole binary system and computers, that everything was gonna go to shit when we went from 99 to 00, zero. how, like, far away everything in the 2000s felt, and 2022 <laughs> is, what, 20-something days away? <laughs> uh, anyway, now that I've had that moment of, like, oh, dear God, um, uh, I mean, a part of me is, like, how much can I spoil a book? That came out in 1994, but I also hadn't read it until now, so we'll see what happens. I'll probably be like, eh, spoilers. But anyway, this book, I didn't know what to expect, right? I have only read the other two, Lauren Heath, which are very, like, they're current books. Like, The Judge's Hunt came out this year. Scandal of My Heart, I think, came out last year, or if not early this year. Like, they are book historicals of today right sweet lullaby on the other hand friends is not it's a historical that is originally published in 1994 is converted to ebook format in 2010 that was the other thing reading this i was like what in the world because yo the the, the formatting of the ebook was a bit was a bit mm, i was just like there are that the aren't real breaks in this like, there weren't real paragraph breaks in the chapter so you're reading a sentence and you're like wait oh different point of view or different where you know it was interesting and it was long it was this was not a short book um I was definitely like oh hot damn and I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that this is a book of its time period and books of that time period unlike books of today or maybe it was happening then, but it wasn't happening for this book. And you're probably going, what? what the fuck are you talking about? So the way in which this book is structured, right? It's a full standalone book. I don't, it doesn't appear to be part of a specific series. Um, and yet there were characters in the book as I was reading that I was like, I feel like if this historical was being written right now in the, you know, 2020s, um, that certain characters would be getting their books. And this would be a three-book series or a five-book series, right? Where we would be, you know, this if this was book one, these people, these specific... There was really only one character... Well, there was one main character, but I was like, oh, but I could see how some other secondary characters could show up in other books 
or get their own book. So I was like, oh, interesting. And I don't know if the difference is that in, for example, in the 1990s, there wasn't as much of a focus on, I guess, theories in the way that we see them now. And it was more like, the book itself is like, you're selling that book and then you're doing another one that might be set in the same time period, but maybe it's a different town. I don't know. No, that's not true now that I think about it. Because if I think back to like Diana Palmer's early, well, her early stuff is Diana Blaine. Definitely, there's no like, but some of her early, like, it's stuff happening in the same town, but I don't think that they're necessarily considered a series. Like, you know that they're, I wonder if there's a reading order that was created at the time of the books being written and published, or if the reading order comes about after to be like, well, if you want to see how we go from here to here to here, this is how you read the books. But that's, that's a whole other, um, a convo uh, for a different time, because right now we're focused on Sweet Lullaby by Lauren Heath. Okay, so we've got two main characters, of course. Uh, the first is Jake Burnett. His full name's Jacob, but everyone calls him Jake. Um, he is a cowboy, a rancher. Or Well, when we meet him, he's working on a ranch to save up money to then work his own ranch. Um, and he's fully estranged from his family. He's the youngest and also illegitimate. Um, and in historicals, that means born out of wedlock, period. I mean, I think that's, we don't have those kinds of conversations today because I think we've finally moved past that. Like, no one's out here running around and like, you're illegitimate. Um, but this is very much, for this time period, is a issue, is a thing. Um, our other main character, Rebecca Anderson, also called Reb, which I thought was interesting because usually when I hear Reb in historicals I'm thinking more like rebel aka civil war or whatever um but that's not it's her it's just a shortened version of Rebecca she is the daughter of the owner of the ranch that Jake works on and she is pregnant out of wedlock so she in essence is about She's not about to give birth when the books are. She is just recently pregnant, like very, I want to say first trimester. But she is in the same position that Jake's mother was in um, in the past. But of course, this is now pre- present day for the historical, not present day for, for us. You're probably like, mm, yeah. um, but you know, you know what I mean? So these are our two main characters, right? And the man who has impregnated Reb, Rebecca, she believes she's in love with him. She believes he loves her, but he's left, right, to, I think the what he says to her is he's left to figure something out or a bit, you know, and it's not clear that he's coming back and she has no way of contacting him. She doesn't know where he's gone. But she's convinced because of their love that he's coming back. So the premise really is her father's like, you have to get married because you are not about to embarrass me by being out here pregnant with no husband. 
And so he's like, Jake, you got to marry her. And Jake's like, let me ask her. And she's all like, I got to marry you? My said, my dad said I got to marry you? And he's like, no, nah, girl, I asked you. If you say no, then the answer is no. Like, I'm not going to force this. But again, this is a time period where, you know, this is what is done, right? And she's kind of like, I don't know what else to do because how long can I really wait for a man who hasn't contacted me this whole time? And I have no clue when he might be back. Like, what if he's not back for five years? <laughs> like, I got a kid to think about. And do I really want to raise my child at wedlock and all of the stigma that comes with it? So this is how the story begins, right? It's a marriage of convenience. It's a... Uh, I feel like trope-wise, marriage of convenience, friends to lovers because they are friends. And then, you know, this is the romance, this is the happily ever after. Um, so I feel like those are our our two main tropes, marriage of convenience and friends to lovers. Um, and I guess forced proximity in the sense that once they get married, they're, they're spending all this time together. Um, because one of the things that happens, I guess I'm, you know what? I'm sorry. I'm spoiling it. If you're going to be mad, my bad, but I'm just like, it came out in 1994 and you know, you know what, I'm going to spoil some of it, and I'll try and keep the plot twist separate, like, I I will be very clear that I'm going to go into the plot twist, if you don't want to know the plot twist, then you you can skip that part, but for the rest of it, you're just gonna, you're gonna deal, (laughs) but yeah, so, Jake, right, uh, Jake's actual, like, biological father left him a bunch of land in Texas, so one of the things that he offers Reb is like, if you, if we get married, we can go down there and have this like life. And I'm never, you know, he's very, very upfront about, I'm willing to make this work as a partnership. I fully understand if you don't ever fall in love with me, but we can make this work. Now, some things that I thought were very interesting because it's so historical, la la la, um, so Rebecca is an only child, right? She's a woman, but her father, as much as his views of like, you better be married are like, whoa. And again, they're of that time period. So it's not like he's being like out of the, you know, out of the norm. It's just what I thought was interesting. is like, oh, my daughter's going to inherit this ranch. And I'm like, there are many historicals where it's like, oh, the daughter ain't inheriting nothing. Uh-uh. This is meant for a man. Now, I do see that the father was like, I want you, Jake, this uh, employee of mine who I trust to marry my daughter so she doesn't get taken in by, you know, the baby father who I consider to be hot garbage. So there is that thought process, but it it's never like, because I feel like I've read historicals where it's like, uh, I can't leave this ranch to my daughter because she's a woman, but you can marry her because I trust you. And then you can inherit, you know, then technically, you know, because you're married to her and everything she owns becomes her husband's. And that wasn't the conversation that the father had with Jake. Maybe that's inferred, but it was more like, she can't embarrass me by being out here and having a child out of wedlock and she's going to inherit this ranch and I don't want just nobody marrying her and having access to that. 
but it was very, it didn't feel like it was like, she's going to inherit this, and goddamn, she's too dumb to run this branch. It was very clear, to me at least, it felt very clear that the father was like, my daughter's going to run this branch, but she just can't, like, be open to marrying, like, the baby father, because I think he's garbage, um, which I thought was an interesting take for the father, because honestly, I know, I can't remember what it's called, but I know that I've read ones where it's like, yeah, my daughter is going to inherit this, but she a woman, so she can't obviously run this, so that's why you need to marry her, my trusted employee, so that my, you know, branch that I've worked so hard doesn't go into the ground, because my daughter is too dumb to run this, that's not what the father was saying, it was like, I don't want the baby father, right, the man who has left, and nobody knows what the fuck this man is, to come back and be like, I can't, uh, absolutely not. So I was like, hmm, interesting. Um, and the father is, I will say, the father is really, really mean to his daughter, and she's very, like, and it. there's, you know, um, on page, like, like, he does hit her, so there's on-page abuse, and I was like, well, damn, like, and all because, and I think what's interesting is that she mentions, Rebecca's character mentions how, like, they had had such a close and loving relationship that uh, she felt safe confiding in him that she was pregnant, and that is when he's like, oh, hell no, so it's very interesting that as a character, he's always been like, my daughter, it, it sounds like she's been treated like, you know, a well-loved child and given, you know, support and affection and all the things that you would hope a parent would do, but it is this idea of being an unwed mother. And he, there's a dinner scene, right, when he's all like, I think she's like, Jake proposed, and he's like, yeah, you're, y'all are getting married, and she's like, wait, what, what? And he, his reasoning isn't even so much like it would be terrible for this child to be born out of wedlock and deal with the stigma it's like I've worked too hard to have people in this town think that um I raised a hoe and it's like first of all why is she a hoe sir it's one man it's not like she was out here sleeping with everybody she slept with one man because she's in love with him and believes he loves her but you know clearly there's something happening there because homeboy, you know, dipped out. But to, like, you know, figure shit out for them or whatever. So I was like, damn. Which I, again, no, not again. I think what that shows us as readers is that in this specific scenario, the father's like, fuck that. I'm worried about how this will reflect on me. And not so much what this means for my child. Which I was like, hmm, interesting, Right because we're we're seeing the complexity of a father who can be so loving and you know a safe harbor for their child but then there's this like one specific scenario where it's like actually let me not live up to that right because I think had he been the kind of father that she was scared of she would have never told him she was pregnant right and we'd have a completely different book we'd have a book where she's trying to figure out what to do because she can't let her father know but that's not the relationship that they clearly have they have such a close relationship that she felt absolutely safe sharing unaware that this would be the one kind of scenario that would set you know the man off in a direction that she couldn't have imagined 
before. So I was like, oh, okay. Interesting. Interesting. Um, Jake's character. Okay, so Jake Burnett is a character that, listen, guys, I was like, there were moments where I was like, is this too good to be true? And I say all this because Jake as a, you know, quote unquote hero is he has a level of empathy and compassion that I think I don't want to say was unbelievable because I did believe it. But I feel like I don't often see heroes that have that much empathy and that much compassion and gentleness and kindness within them. Um, And so I think at first I was like, oh, okay, um, what's going on here? And I think what the juxtaposition of that is, the way in which he grew up was so awful that it's, it definitely felt very kind of, you know, quote unquote, miraculous that he could come from such a background and not be a bitter motherfucking asshole like so Jake right is illegitimate he's um he's got two older siblings um we don't find out until much later exactly the the truth about his parentage like we know that he his mother had him out of wedlock, but we don't know her history because he doesn't find out the history of who his mother really was until uh, one of his brothers tells him, and this is very pretty close towards the end of the book. What I think was really interesting about this historical is like, we're seeing like, we don't see really like hard, hard hardships until well deep into the book. Right. Um, Because what we have happening is first he proposes, she's kind of like, no, but then she realizes that she can't handle living with her father and the way in which he's acting. And like, this is just the beginning of her pregnancy. Like if he's going to be this awful and get worse, like what kind of pregnancy is that? So she does accept. And because, because Jake grew up illegitimate, right. And is intimately, um, aware of how that stigma can just, like, shape a person's life. I think when he's, like, offering, like, we can go to my ranch, like, and build my ranch on that land I have in Texas, it's because he's aware, like, it wouldn't be fair to him, to Rebecca, or this unborn child to stay on her father's ranch when her father clearly is unaccepting of this child, right? Because the child will will know, you know, at, just as he knew, just as... So he is very much like... He's not outright being like, I don't want to repeat the past because I know exactly how this could turn out. He's not saying that, but his actions are, which I was like, oh, okay. Um... I think what was also really kind of interesting, the baby father, his name's Brett Meyer, is described as this, like, classically handsome man. Like Rebecca, he's got black, almost 
black bluish hair, piercing blue eyes. She's got piercing blue eyes, black hair. It's this idea that they, you know, they're just both equally beautiful, meaning that that, you know, would make sense. Where Jake um, survives smallpox, so he has some smallpox scars on his face and feels some feels self-conscious about it now his eyes are just like Rebecca is very I think one of the things that we see is Rebecca doesn't understand and it takes her in my opinion way too goddamn long to understand how much she actually does care for Jake uh but it's never like oh I had no awareness of Jake as a man until this moment She's very much aware of him, thinks his eyes are stupid beautiful, um, but is like, but Brett is the man I love, which I was like, mm, okay, girl, I guess, bye-bye, like, I don't get it. Um, so, these two characters, Jake and Rebecca, get married, leave, right, and the father, her father was like, pissed, because they don't tell him, because he's thinking they're gonna get married, and then they're gonna live on the ranch, because that's the ranch he's leaving to his daughter and that's you know and they're just like no actually we're gonna go build a life for ourselves that doesn't involve you and your negativity and he's like oh fuck he was not pleased but they were leaving and then they left and she had like her what did she have some sort of longhorn cow or whatever um she had cows he had horses and off they went to wherever the fuck and they like leave with people uh with other ranch hands who want to come with them there's one guy frank um who when he had arrived at this at the father's ranch i guess was what they called a city slicker like didn't really know anything about ranching but needed a job and jake being aware of how you know basically you know mean and cruel other cowboys can be to those who don't know anything had like taken Frank under his wing. So Frank very much looks up to him. So they get to this land in Texas. His brothers, Jake's brothers, are there. And uh, the oldest brother, Ethan, hates him. The middle brother, Zach, doesn't. Um, and all of that has to do with their father, who this man's dead. That's why. What I thought was interesting also was the father who died left the land to his illegitimate son, but left debt to his legitimate son. Now, the prologue of this book, right, is of a child, like, seeing through a window a Christmas celebration he's not a part of and having to sleep next to a uh, a mare, a female horse, because he literally sleeps in a barn, and that's the only way he's not going to freeze to death and being worried he might get beaten because he was standing by the window and seeing the Christmas celebration happening inside the house fast forward to like whatever we realize that was Jake so Jake's father brings him in or takes him in after Jake's mother dies of smallpox but he can't live in the house with his brothers and he lives in the barn and we don't learn until once we don't learn until later when Jake and Rebecca are in Texas trying to build up their um, ranch 
and it's we learn both through conversations that Jake and his bro- his middle brother Zach have, and Zach's the one that wants to have a relationship with Jake, as opposed to Ethan who hates him. Uh, but we don't learn until there are uh, conversations that Jake either has with Rebecca, kind of talking a bit about his past, or conversations that Jake and Zach have that one of the ways in which Zach and Ethan essentially are punished is that Jake gets beat. So when they make mistakes, Jake suffers, which is like, so it's really, it's really fascinating to think what did Jake's father, what was he thinking, right, in leaving his illegitimate son land when you beat the shit out of him every time you're legitimate children fucked up as punishment right like what did he think that oh that would atone his sin I don't know I was very I will say like if parental abuse is something that is a trigger for you this is not the book for you because it is very clear that Jake is mistreated by his father and that, honestly, the father mistreats all of his children in different ways. Yeah, there's the emotional abuse, the physical abuse. It's just, he's a shit father, right? And he has three sons, and he's a shit father. And we see how him being a shit father um, creates the situation, creates the men, right, that we see, and what happens to them. Now... Okay, part of me is like the plot twist. The plot twist, because, so, when I read the other two, Lauren Heats and other people mentioned, like, you know, she takes things in directions that you weren't expecting. The same thing happened here. There was a lot that I was, because at first I was like, oh, okay, we're, this is going to be a romance where we're going to see, um, right, Rebecca and Jake figuring out how to live together and all of that, and maybe it's going to be lit like, a question, like, like, I don't know, it, it went in directions that I was like, oh, oh, so, one of the big ones, um, and again, if you're like, but I really, really hate spoilers, and just like, I don't know, skip forward a bit, um, or go read this book, and then listen to this episode, I'm just saying, one of the things that I thought was really fascinating, had this been, I feel like, a book of today, Jake's older brother, Zach, the not awful, awful one, would probably have gotten his own book. It just, I don't know why, but that, that's how that feels like. But in this book, that's not what happens. Um, spoiler, 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 spoiler. He dies. Um, and he, so when Jake shows up to Texas, this is at a time period where people who had ranches, hadn't really put up fencing to protect their land. And he shows up and is kind of like, if we really want to make a go of this, we're going to have to fence off so that people aren't just, like, mixing their cows. Because he specifically wanted to breed here. I don't know if it's heifer for, it's hair for, whatever. He wanted to breed two specific types of cows together to create another one. But you can't do that if you got other people's cows on your fucking land. Like, that's going to get real messy. 
you got to kind of enclose it. And people were like mad because then it's like, well, now I don't have access to this watering hole. I technically was never mine because it's on your land, but it's like, you know. So because he starts putting up fencing, everyone, specifically his brother, his oldest brother, Ethan, who hates him, is like, oh, hell no. So there's, you know, but I think the law had just passed. So like, you know, like if people have land, like you can't just trespass because you want to. So what ends up happening is his, uh, well, even before the barn fire, there's escalation, right, before that event. And the first, like, really shitty event is that uh, Frank, the young man who's a city slicker that was under his wing, gets um, nabbed by the group of men that Ethan is with, and they brand him, as in take a brand that you would apply to an animal which is still awful and do it to this young man um after having beat him up some uh then zach also gets grabbed and beat the shit up by ethan um and his posse because he's ethan hates jake but zach wants a relationship with this younger brother who he knows was done all kinds of dirty, obviously. Like, ah, the father brought him home to live in a fucking barn. And, like, they would collect food from their table to put in a bowl to give to Jake to eat. Like, Jake didn't even get... Anyway, anyway. Let me not even go down that road. So there's a, there's a lot. Like, this is this is... But this isn't all everything. This isn't everything. Okay. So there ends up being a fire in the barn. And in the process of saving the animals, Zach ends up dying. At the same time that, like, Rebecca goes into labor and there's no doctor because the doctor was playing a game of poker and was accused of cheating and someone killed him. So anyway, Jake, give, you know, delivers her baby. And she names him Jacob. So I was like, oh my god, yes. And he, like, the kid's, like, the spitting image of his baby daddy. Black hair, blue eyes, whatever. Um, and so I'm like, okay. Like, in my head, I'm like, okay. Zach's dead. The rest of this book is going to be the two of them, like, falling in love even more. Like, because it starts to get, become very, very clear. Oh, I fully forgot. But Jake was always in love with Rebecca, but assumed, like, he had no shot with her. And then the dad was like, you're marrying my daughter kind of thing. So Jake is has all, you know, this whole time been in love with his wife. She finally starts to, like, have feelings for him, but still thinks that she just cares for him, doesn't think it's love. So I'm all like, okay, Zach has died, but the baby's here. And now the rest of this book is going to be the two of them falling in love and figuring out how to deal with the Ethan problem, right? Because, like, the man tried to burn down your barn, like, he's trying to hurt you. Like, that's going to be... And then Maureen Heath was like, actually, <laughs> surprise. There's more drama. Because the fucking baby daddy shows up. Yeah. Oh, right. That's a spoiler. I mean, I, that's it. I was spoiling. Sorry. The baby father, Brett... Maya with the blue eyes shows up in town and I was like 
What? What? Yo. Yo. I have feelings. And I, they're going to be long. So I'm going to pause here. Alright? And then I'm going to go into how angry I got. Because that's that's gonna that's gonna take me some time for me to break it down for y'all. So let's take a pause here and I'll be right back. Okay, so as I was saying before I was like, let's take a break. The biggest sort of plot twist, um, that I legitimately was not expecting. I was lit. Like when I say livid and also sobbing, I'm not kidding. I was crying. I was so mad. And I was like, I want to stop reading this because I'm so mad. But I was like, but I want, I need this situation to resolve itself. So I have to keep reading, but I'm so mad. I want to stop reading, but like, what the fuck? I'm crying. This is rude. Why would you do this? So we get to see as readers, right, Jake and Rebecca build a life together, right? Jake, oh, you know how earlier I was talking about the level of empathy, compassion, whatever. Jake also understands that Rebecca is a woman who isn't just going to sit at home. She worked her father's ranch. She works his ranch. She is like, a fantastic shooter there's like a scene with like a family from Ireland anyway this little boy almost gets bitten by a rattler rattlesnake sorry not a rattler a rattlesnake and she like kills it without like you know hurting the boy or whatever and is like this is why like you gotta wear shoes anyway she is a rancher like she's not just a woman who's like at home doing needlepoint she works her the ranch with her husband and he doesn't begrudge her that he's not a bitch like he's just like yes this is who you are and so he basically there's this he's at the general store and there's this Irish so I'm assuming this is possibly around the time when I don't know if it's directly around the time of the Irish potato famine This Irish family, this man has five kids. He's trying to purchase something at the general store. Of course, the general store guy's like, I can't extend you credit because you don't got a job. Blah, 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 blah. And the man's a blacksmith. Anyway, Jake is talking to the little boy. And then basically he extends them a job offer. And it was like, when the man's like, my wife is like, oh, would your wife be able to like cook and take care of a newborn? And... Your first thought, or at least my first thought while reading this was like, wow, you know, he obviously wants to offer them help, but understands that like charity will be like, like people won't take it. So he's giving both the husband and the wife, you know, jobs with air quotes. But it isn't until she arrives that it's like, oh no, but what this also means is it frees Rebecca up to do the ranch work she loves doing because she don't care about the housework like that, right? I think... Like, one of the things that's so interesting, neither one of them can really cook well, and they just, like, will go and get food from the cook that's cooking for all the ranch hands, and there isn't, like, this animosity of, like, you're my wife, and you should know how to cook. It's like, okay, so who's getting the plates tonight? Or what are we, you know, 
that kind of, in some ways, Jake felt like a very progressive, almost modern day hero in the way in which he was just like, my wife doesn't just have to be, doesn't have to fit this very narrow mold, right? So we're seeing all of this. We're seeing how they're coming together, how it is very clear how much he loves both her and her son, who he's claiming as his own and has no qualms about it. And you're just rooting for these people. And then the motherfucker named Brett Maya shows up. He shows up. And I was like, okay, this is going to be uncomfortable, but he's going to go packing. And then what the fuck happens? Do you know what the fuck happens, friends? And I'm swearing because I'm telling you, I was livid. I was livid, right? Like, livid. Frank, who I think at this point has already gotten married. Like, we got a second sort of, like, love story also happening. Because Frank shows up and he falls for this girl named Ruth. But Ruth does not want to have anything to do with him. She actually thinks that Zach... Jake's brother is hot and it's just like Frank go away and Frank was a little annoying because I was like if the girl ain't interested in you like I don't know wait until you see another girl and then when the Irish family shows up they do have a daughter I think her name's Arlene and then but eventually he realizes that he actually cares for Arlene and he doesn't care about the other girl I think her name was Ruth who was also ignoring him so anyway I'm pretty sure by that point when Brett shows up Frank and Arlene are already Or do they get married after? Maybe they get married after. Anyways, Frank goes and is like, guess who just showed up? Brett Meyer. Now, Jake and Rebecca never told anyone about the fact that, like, he is not the father of her child or anything. Everyone just assumed, like, oh, you guys got married and have a kid together. He's the only one that knows exactly, like, how awful it is that Brett is there. So Brett basically tells, like, Rebecca, like, I've been searching for you. I went back to your father because I finally have my own ranch in Montana, of all places. And, like, I'm here to collect you and my son, kind of thing. And, and of course this happens. I think it's been a year, right? The baby's born. Rebecca and Jake are in a place where, like, they're actually having sex because they're like literally I think Jake is the happiest he's ever been in his life right ever and this is someone who has suffered so much so you're like of course we're rooting for him and then this fucker shows up and she's all like well there's nothing I can do and once Brett Brett basically was like I'm going to be at the hotel in the town and if you're not there on Monday then I'll know you're not coming with me and I'm going back to Montana. And she's like, okay, I just got to get through Monday. And I was like, okay, I guess that's what's going to happen. And then Jake was like, no, actually, what's going to happen is that I am going to be the kind of man who wants the woman I love to be happy, even if it's not with me. So he says to her, if you want a divorce because the man you love has arrived, I will give it to you. And this, this bitch doesn't go, no, it's okay. She's like, oh my God, really? 
And he's like, yes, if that is what you want or will make you happy, then so be it. And she takes him up on it. I was livid. So she, so he lets her know, we'll start the divorce proceedings. It's going to take about two months, but you can go with him now. And he was like, the only thing he asked of her was because they've, they've been having sex is if there's a child to let him know. And if for whatever reason, right, like Brett didn't want this other baby to please let him know because he would go and he would get his child, right? Which of course made sense because that's literally what he, like he wouldn't want his child to go through what he went through. So this hoe, this dumb hoe, goes to Montana with Brett and leaves Jake behind (sighs) I'm telling you the levels of rage I was like Lorraine Heath if you were in front of me right now I would be cursing you to hell back hell again back Satan's butthole back and hell again I was so mad because we then see how much pain Jake is in. And then, of course, I, okay, so the only, like, not benefit, but as I was reading, I was like, oh, Barack was one of these people that has to, like, go and see that what she thought was love isn't love to get it. Stop it. Because she gets there. Turns out that he had won this ranch in a poker game right took the and like she was all like oh like everything here like you didn't even let them take stuff he's like they put it up in a game they lost it whatever which is such a contrast to jake who's like let me help people however i can wherever i can brett's all like if you stupid enough to lose your entire livelihood in a poker game that's a you problem because this ranch is mine and he's all like you get to be the lady of the house. And she's like, okay, but I want to, like, work on the ranch. And he's like, absolutely not. Like, that's not what you're here to do, boo. You're here to look pretty and whatever. And so she's all like, I don't want to have sex with you until the divorce is uh, finalized. And he's like, you're being dumb. And she's like, he... And then my favorite part, not my favorite part, because when she goes to the hotel in the town, when Jake drops her off at the hotel in the town before they leave, Brett has a woman in his bed because, you know, he wasn't sure what what decision she was going to make. That wasn't enough for her to be like, nah, let me go back to Jake. Nah, she had to go all the way to Montana where then Brett once again is all like, I got needs and you won't let me fuck you. So I'm going to go to town to fuck other women. And she's like, well, I guess that's fair. What? What? So she got to go all the way to fucking Montana to be treated terribly because I'm sorry, you're not about to drag me all the way to Montana and be all like, well, if you won't fuck me, I'm going to fuck some other bitch. Excuse me? Excuse me? And when she mentions, like, well, what if I'm pregnant? He's like, well, are you going to get rid of it? Or what are are we going to do with it? And she's like, because technically that child wouldn't be Brett's, right? It would be Jake's. And he's kind of like, yeah, I'm not cool with that. And she's like, he accepted your son. And he's like, I mean, he a dummy. But no, and I was like, you left Jake for this? For this? 
So I was like, God, God fucking damn. And of course, back in, actually, they lived outside a town called Pleasure. <laughs> back in Pleasure, poor Jake is miserable. He does, before Rebecca, he'd gone once to a bordello, you know, a house of ill repute, a cold house. And I had one experience with a woman that was like, this is awkward. I don't like it. I'm not doing that again. Once Rebecca leaves him, because he's like, I'm never going to, that there's no one else for me. It was Rebecca, and that was it. She's gone, and I'm done. Um, he's all like, I guess I'll try this again. And then, you know, the woman is, of course, the woman he's paying is someone who obviously has to understand, like, body language and the behavior of men. And she realizes that, like, he's missing a woman. And she's just kind of like, who's dumb enough to walk away from this? Like, man, who's, like, kind and all this other stuff. And I was just like, stupid bitch. Stupid dummy. Stupid. So stupid. So damn. So damn. I was not pleased. I was very, very unpleased. Oh, and do we find out? Uh, no. This, the other little, like, comes later so because he is um heartbroken and whatnot um he's just kind of like you know I what what I think the what's interesting is when he's living with Rebecca he always made sure to like be come into the house clean take his shoes off just all of these small courtesies and once she's gone he stops doing them because well like I don't does it need to be quiet when he comes into the house there's nobody in there you know he ends up giving the house to the Irish uh couple because he's like what do I need a house for I'm by myself I can sleep in the bunkhouse and they're kind of like but you're like the owner and he's like yeah anyway um I'm gonna sleep in the bunkhouse y'all can have this but then of course throughout all of this like Ethan's is still around like Zach sadly has passed due to the fire that his other brother said um but Ethan's still alive and they get a hold of um they get a hold of Jake and he's beaten up wrapped up in barbed wire it's awful and thrown into a ravine and even the men that are with Ethan are kind of like you're now you're just sounding crazy and it's like so he is found But when he is found and brought back to the house, Rebecca is back, which he doesn't realize at first because he is, you know, delirious with fever and infection and all that. But he realizes that he'll, once he comes out of the fever, he's like, wait a minute. Um, So what ends up happening is that Rebecca gets the divorce papers. And in the divorce papers, the lawyer lets her know that Jake has created a will that everything he owns will go to her children, everything, um, which Jake was kind of like, I mean, that makes life worth kind of living kind of thing. And then there's like a note that Jake had written and you see how he scratched out different things. And it isn't, I think it's when this divorce shows up and it's finalized and she realizes the reason. Uh, and the reason is like Jake wrote that he was impotent and that's why. And She's like, wait, what? Like, and it's like in this moment when she's like, this man 
who married me when I was carrying somebody else's child, brought me with him to his land in Texas, created like a ranch, worked like we worked together, we did all of this, has accepted my son from the moment my son, you know, helped me give birth and accepted my son from the moment he was born and is willing to leave all of his worldly possessions to my children and understands that I'm not just like an ornament or a pretty lady that I want to work and I enjoy working a ranch. Like, this is who I should be with. So she heads back from Montana back to Texas. And I will say, I don't, we don't have like Jake being like mean and like bitter and bitchy. He's just closed off. Understandably, <laughs> you left him. Yeah. You dumb dumb. And then, of course, things come to a head with Ethan, and he, he tries to kill. Well, he snatches little Jacob, and in the process, Frank, the city slicker, had gotten married to the Irish people's oldest daughter, Arlene, and she was pregnant, and he, like, hurts her enough while he's trying to take the little boy that she loses the baby, which I was like, this is awesome. And it is in the scene where, like, Jacob has tracked down Ethan, or I think Ethan sends a message, like, you gotta come to this cabin and do all this stuff, and if not, I'm killing this kid. And once it's he's there, the truth about Ethan, or Jake's, like, actual background, because Jake assumed that his mother... Is it Zach who tells him, or is it Ethan? No, I think it's Ethan. Anyway, the truth is that Jake's mother was actually the sister of Ethan and Zach's mother. So their aunt and their father have an affair that results in Jake... She gets thrown out with Jake, which is why she ends up working at the whorehouse. But Jake has no idea of this, which I remember after being like, oh, so they're like brothers and cousins? Huh. <laughs> like, because of father. They're brothers because of their father and their cousins because of their mother? I was like, okay. What? But anyway, what ends up happening is Ethan was trying, Ethan had the boy, baby Jacob, hanging over a barrel filled with rattlesnakes which is absolutely horrifying and was kind of like you can't shoot me because if you shoot me I'll let go of the rope and the kid gonna fall into the rattlesnakes and gonna die so clearly you're gonna have to give me oh he had wanted the deed to the land because he was like I should have gotten the land I hated you blah 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 and so then Jacob saves the boy but in the process like when he knocked over the barrel like the rattlesnakes sort of land on Ethan and it becomes clear that like there's like um he cocks his gun or I think he takes a shot and he gets shot because Rebecca had also like tracked Jake and so she shoots Ethan because she thinks Ethan is shooting Jake but he was actually shooting a rattlesnake that was about to bite Jake because I think in that final moment it was like regardless of anything 
um, there's no point in the rattlesnake getting him or whatever. And so it was one, so it's, it's one of those things where I was like, whoa, so Jake loses both his brothers. Like, I don't think Ethan as a character could possibly have been redeemed, but I also don't know. I feel like, and I say that because I'm like, he branded Frank, he beat the shit out of his brother, burned a barn, like, you know, has done so many awful things. And it all stems, and he does, like, one of the last things he says to um, Jake, he talks about how he basically, as the oldest, right, he was, like, playing in the hayloft when his father was, like, having the affair with the sister-in-law, Jake's mother. And apparently when he dies, the father, the last thing he says is Jake's name. So it's one of those, like, which the only thing that made me curious about was, like, did the father always love the sister, the woman he didn't marry, and for whatever reasons didn't marry her, but didn't stay away from her? But we'll never know, because all them people did, right? Um, But yes, I was very, like, what the hell? Um, Why would you have us go through, like, why would you put us through having to see Jake lose his entire family, right? Because there's a moment where Rebecca was kind of like, I really hope, I don't know if this is possible, but I really hope that, like, life is, like, really great to us because of all that he had suffered as a kid, right? Like, living through smallpox, losing his mom at five to smallpox, being brought to this home and then not being given a home, being like, you can live in the barn and good luck. Like, he had suffered so much, so she was kind of like, you suffered so much already, like, you shouldn't suffer anymore. And then she left. And I do appreciate that she realized her her mistake. She comes back. She nurses him back to health from, you know, the, the severe beating. Um, and she is very like, I want us to be a family. But if you are not okay with that, then I will leave. And I won't, you know, stay here to make you miserable kind of thing. Um, so I do like that she was at least aware enough to know that she had fucked up majorly, okay, and that no one would blame him for being like, girl, get off my land, um, but no, they end up together, and then the epilogue is, I thought was interesting, I enjoyed it, I mean, I always like epilogues, so in the epilogue, someone comes to the ranch, and that someone happens to be her father, it's now three years later, um, and at first, I think he sees uh, Jacob, the older son, the 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 firstborn, and he's like the spinning image of Brett, and he's like, kind of so like, I can't believe like this happened, and for some reason he gets it in his head like, oh, Jake probably married her because he can't have kids of his own, right? Because of the smallpox scars, because I'm assuming like I think that was like that's something that could happen to men, um, and so he shows up, and he's like, I brought a pony for your son, and she's like, which one, and he's like, your, what do you mean, which one, you got one son, she's like, nah, I got two, and he's like, wait, what, and then there's a second boy, he's like a little, I think he's a newborn, or like, very young, and 
he's clearly like the spitting image of Jake and they've named him Zach and the father, the grandfather is kind of like, wait, he just like, he can't have kids. And I think he's just kind of like, you know, it took me a long time to realize I was being, you know, stupid, but I would like to have a relationship. And Jake is kind of like, you know, it's up to, it's up to the wife. <laughs> and she's kind of like, okay. Um, and so you see this sort of like reunification of this family because again, the father, I mean, you hit your daughter because she told you she was pregnant. Like, sir, what? But up, I feel like it's like, it's one of those where it's like up until that point, he had been like such a great and loving father. And then really the fear of being embarrassed is what has him lashing out so crazily because it's like, like even the, the butler, whatever uh, guy, in the house his name was Giles was like oh she's pregnant and not married and I was like mind your business um so I did I enjoy the book I did um and again I do think that if this was a historical that was being written now it would have been a multi-book series uh Frank probably would have been Frank and his love story would probably would have been in the main book but Zach might have gotten a book or because I could very well have seen, like, instead of Zach dying in the fire to save the animals, Zach is gravely injured, right? And then his book, it's either him no longer having either the same able-bodied he had before the fire or being scarred and thinking no one will love him and blah, 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 blah. And, like, maybe the girl that Frank wanted but didn't want him and who wanted Zach ends up being, like, the heroine, right? Again, Ethan, I was like, oh, I don't know if he can be redeemed. That being said, like, some pretty awful characters get redeemed. So it could have been, like, much later on, you get a book with Ethan and somebody else. Like, once he gets over, like, I feel like if it was written now, there would have been this idea that, like, eventually Jake, Zach, and Ethan wouldn't be at odds with each other instead though because this was written in the time that it was written and whatever and this was a very much like this is a standalone because all the little threads get tied up in a cute little knot at the end Zach and Ethan both die and Jake is the only one left that being said of every character right Jake of all the Burnett's he was the nicest one right he grows up after everything he's gone through and isn't a horrible person Ethan question mark Zach clearly wanted to have a relationship and maybe the other reason why Zach dies is there are there's moments where because Rebecca's so beautiful that Zach's kind of like how did he get a wife like this and she's so pretty and I'm like oh maybe he was killed off because like we don't need him and I did wonder, I was like, oh, is this going to turn into one of those where Zach wants to have a relationship with his brother, but thinks that he's in love with his wife and all that drama? It didn't go there, um, but it could have. But I just thought it was really interesting that it was just like everything, so much happens in this book. We're not turning it into multiple books. And these characters are just dead, dead, um, as opposed to being like, 
and now what happens with them in other books um but yes I was I mean and also like Brett didn't die I would prefer Brett died I'm sorry but I didn't like him like if we had to kill two characters couldn't it have been Brett and Ethan and we could have just like saved Zach I would have much preferred that because I also wondered when she left with Brett I was like is Brett gonna die on their way to Montana and that's why she returns back to Jake because that's hot garbage and I guess I do like the fact that she returns to Jake when that divorce is you know legal because she realizes no I've made a mistake and I need to go back it's not like circumstances change she's like well I Brett's dead and I have no other options I'm a woman alone with baby. I gotta go back to Jake. She's like, no, I have the option of Brett. I don't want it. I'm leaving. I'm going back to the much better man. But I was just kind of like, but we could have also just like had her be like, no, I'm not. Oh, because you know what also would have been a really interesting story, but it's not what we got, but it could have been. She says no to Brett because she knows that she's falling in love with Jake and Brett being a spiteful ass joins forces with Ethan trying to ruin the ranch and see but then if Zach is alive then it could have been two on two but then it would have been a fully different book so and that's not the book that she wrote that's not the book that she wrote but again I did enjoy it but I was like damn and again if parental use is not your thing I wouldn't read it there were moments where I was like, oof, this is, this is feeling a little, a little, a little grim, a little dark. Um, but all in all, I was like, okay, okay. And I think it's just really interesting that Jake as a hero is very, feel, he feels very modern. He does not, like, he did not feel of the times in so many ways. And I think why it stands out for me also is because I think that often in romance novels, and again, I'm generalizing, which is a bad thing, but whatever. I'm doing it anyway. So often we see the utterly empathetic, compassionate, whatever character being um, a feminine presenting character or a woman, uh, you know, and then... I feel like we don't often see male characters like that, right? We've got guys that are really, like, nice, but the, this innate goodness, when it comes, coming from the background he had, because I feel like I've read characters where the men are really, really great, but they come from, like, two-parent households and everything, you know, they were raised with examples of what a loving marriage and da 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 that no that's not what happened here <laughs> at all like and so that contrast I was like oh okay wow that really because even Rebecca as a character is kind of like like you have gone through some shit and yet you are your generosity of spirit is beyond commendable um and so I was like oh okay interesting very I like it I like I mean he's really why I like the book 
I didn't mind Rebecca, but I was, mm, she was dumb. She was dumb. I wanted to be like, you dumb hell. You're going to put your kid through this, you dummy. But she figured it out, luckily. But she, mm, but what really, like, sells the book for me is, is Jake. So, yeah, guys, that is a Sweet Lullaby by Lorraine Heath. Um, originally published in 1994, a long time ago. I mean, it's not that long ago, but it feels that long ago, but whatever. Um, so, yes. Okay, I'm going to pause here, and then it'll be time for Gratitude Attitude. Hi, everyone. It's Gratitude Attitude time. So the first thing that I'm really grateful for hasn't yet happened, but it is happening. Um, so I'm sharing with y'all. So... In November, I want to say, it was before Thanksgiving, it was Instagram stories, and then I saw that Kelly from Boobies and Newbies, that podcast, was in New York. And I was like, wait, you're in New York? Like, I live here. You're in New York? And she was like, yes! So we were able to meet up, um, and it was so much fun. It was just so nice to see, like, an internet mutual, like, someone that I'm, like, friends with on the interwebs in real life. Because, you know, it doesn't always happen. So anyway, she has, so for Christmas, she has this really awesome thing. It's called the 12 Days of Boobsmas, or Boobsmas, 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 whatever. And there are 12 episodes with 12 different romances. And I get to do one of them. I'm so, so, so excited. I will definitely be, like, posting all over the interwebs when that episode comes out, so I get to do that this week, and I'm like, I'm very excited, I'm very, very excited, and I feel so grateful that I got to, like, see her, meet her, and I get to do this, yay! Okay, that was just me, like, squealing, because I'm excited about that. Um, The other thing I'm grateful for, or just, like, really, really happy about, um, so I think I've mentioned before how I don't know when it's I did pretty sure I started doing this no I think I've done it pre-pandemic but kind of sporadically but once the pandemic started I think I started to be a little bit more regular about it having fresh flowers in the house I am not really a plant person I'm so sorry I've always killed them everyone's like get succulents kill those too but having fresh flowers that I usually get from Trader Joe's brings me so much joy so much joy so anyway, I say all of that to say because I was able to get my hands on this book called Living with Flowers, Blooms and Bouquets for the Home by Rowan Blossom. I'm sure you're going to be like, Esther, you're being a little ridiculous. But I guess I always had this idea of like, I don't know, people who had flowers in their homes and created gorgeous bouquets were just like, I don't know, really fancy people who, like, lived really fancy lives, and we're just fancy, (laughs) um, and then once I started, like, just, and, like, when I'm in Trader Joe's, I literally look at, you know, the cheaper end of things, um, the Estrellamarias, the Carnations, the Fillers, um, sometimes the Bruises that are $5.99, 
and I'm really just like looking at like what looks really nice and like lush and like colors that are gonna like you know make me happy and sometimes I go for contrast last well they lasted two weeks so two weeks ago um I never get just like white on white um but I have a good friend who always does just white flowers with greenery like and it always looks stunning. And I was like, well, if she does it, like, I should at least try. And I loved it. I went today. There was nothing I liked in, in white, sadly. Um, so I ended up going with, like, a deeper red, like, Astrolamaria and, like, a red and white carnation. I was like, it's kind of, kind of Christmassy themed, but not, like, overtly dripping in Christmassy. Because there were poinsettias, but I was like, but I don't really want that. But anyway, back to the book. I never really thought about, like, looking up, like, how to put bouquets together. Because all I currently do is just, like, shove equal-ish amounts of two flowers in a vase and go, done. Um, But then I was like, you know what? There are probably books. I know that there are classes, but there are probably books. And (laughs) let's face it, guys. I love books. (laughs) That's why I talk to you all the time about books. Because I love books, I love to read, and I love books with pictures. So I got this book, and I'm really excited and grateful to, like, I don't know, try my hand at, like, different, like, floral arrangements for the home. Um, Because why not? Because we deserve nice things. We deserve pretty things. No matter what anyone says, we deserve them. So I'm I'm really, like... I don't know, I, it felt very kind of special to, like, be, like, to make the decision of, like, I'm gonna get a book that's gonna be about this, um, and you're probably like, okay, and I'm like, yes, well, you know, um, I guess the third thing, what is the third thing that I'm grateful for this week? Well, I mean, this is kind of, like, <laughs> I feel like this is funny. To me, you may be like, girl, what? So I was in Lot Less or Lot for I used to always call them Lot for Less. And then one day I was looking at the sign. I was like, that's, there's no four there. It's just Lot Dash Less. <laughs> mm. Anyway, I called them Lot for Less. I'm going to keep calling them Lot for Less. Um, discount store, right? How was I there? Oh, I was looking for shower curtains. And I was, I had gone to a bunch of like discount places for shower curtains because everything I was coming across, I was like, ew. Not in my home. Anyway, this lot for less. I did find like a animal print, cheetah print type thing that I actually got very excited about. So I'm in this lot for less and I'm like, okay, I got, you know, my shower curtain. I'm really, you know, but I'm also the kind of person that's like, I kind of want the me- like, I don't need the rug to be identical. Like, I didn't want an animal print rug, but I wanted it to be like the same color family. So I ended up finding like a chocolatey brown rug um, because I was like, well, we currently have like a nice, like deep purple, but that's like, not the same. Like I could have kept it, but I didn't want to. So anyway, I was in there and then. I come across, like, a fake Sherpa Unity scarf. And it was, like, in this, like, creamy, like, imagine, oh, what is that cream called? Oh, there's a specific name for it, but I'm blanking on it. But you know when cream is a little bit more, is a Chantilly cream that's a little bit more on the yellowish side? It's not, like, yellow, but it's, like not white right it's not like whipped cream that's like what anyway 
it was that sort of color family. So then I ended up finding the bin where it came from, and there were other colors. Like, there was, like, not quite a burnt orange, a weird... I didn't really like the other colors. There was, like, this green that I wanted it to be, like, a deeper olive green, but it was, like, no. It's, like, fresh, fresh olives. And I was, like, ugh, keep that. Anyway, I bought this scarf, and it's, like, once I have it wrapped twice, right, because it has enough give for that, it does, like... Like, my neck completely disappears. I, I I no longer have a neck. So it's kind of funny looking, but it is so warm. It is so warm. Like, it feels delicious. And, like, there was a day that I was out walking with it on, and it got a little bit windy, and I had, like, a beanie on, but I, like, pulled it up almost to make, like, a, a fake hood, and, oh, it was such delicious warmth such delicious warmth and I was like okay this may make me look ridiculous because I fully lose my neck (laughs) and so you see like head and just like all of that just like resting right there it's just like this Sherpa looking like it needs to be like it's not like it's not quite like uh oh it's not quite like Lenny Kravitz's like massive blankets that he says our scarves and we're all like sir that's a blanket it's not that big but it's it's not far but even though I kind of look weird because I literally my neck disappears (laughs) and depending on how I have it my chin can disappear too even with all of that ridiculousness I love it because it keeps me so warm like, when I go out walking, especially when I'm just, like, I'm gonna go get a walk-in so that I'm not, like, a sedentary loaf, uh, it's probably because I grew up in Canada. Like, I usually am, like, sweatshirt, tights, vest, because I'm, like, for me, it's not quite cold enough yet for a full coat that's, like, you know, gonna be, like, a sweaty, nasty mess. Um, so then I'm, like, oh, I definitely need a scarf because I need something to balance it out. So that scarf is, like, perfect for that. And it's just so nice. Um, So, yeah, I'm just really grateful that I found an inexpensive scarf that actually is, like, keeping me really warm. Because, like, you know, as I said on that show that everyone was so upset about the ending. (laughs) Winter is coming. Winter is coming. Um, So, yeah, that's what I have for you guys this week. Um, some of you might be thinking, this girl has forgotten all about Archangel's Light. She hasn't, though. She has not, though. Uh, that's coming up next. Uh, Archangel's Light will be the next episode. Um, I did want to give people time to read it. Um, I also had to go back and reread it. Um, I think I'm going to reread it a third time and then record, but it, that's, definitely the next episode I loved that book I mean I knew I was gonna love it but I loved that book um so yeah that's uh 100% 100% the next episode uh and I can't wait oh oh Donna Nilliam I cannot wait sparkle and bluebell it's gonna be oh it's gonna be an episode guys because I'm just gonna be there there was a lot there was a lot in that book there was a lot and I have 
so many thoughts and theories and thoughts many words um so yeah thank you guys so much for listening for tuning in um it's been so much fun talking to you guys um so have a wonderful week uh stay warm if you're in cold places stay cool if you're in warm places uh what else Ooh, you know what treat yourselves this week to something you really really want just do it just do it because like we only live one life so we deserve anyway thank you guys so much and i will talk to you guys soon Okay, bye.